Our scripture this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Word of God, word of life. You're good. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from Jesus, amen. About 15 years ago, a council member at a council meeting was looking through the financial reports and noticed the church's large debt and asked, hey, I have a question. How do churches ever pay off mortgages? A response came from someone in the room. Well, I've heard typically there are about five or six families who can combine funds and give larger amounts enough to pay off the debt, but that's not the case here at Mount Olivet. The curiosity of the mortgage payoff was spoken and the conversation ended there. I met with a delightful couple last week, and they told me they were members of a church for over 50 years. The church declined enough that it had to shut down and merge with a couple other local churches. The newly formed church was, of course, different, And these lovely people grieved the loss of the church that they had invested in and were a part of for so many years. And then they decided to look for a new church, literally moving from founding member to new member. I read one of Pastor Keith Fries's sermons from the early 1980s. Pastor Freeze served Mount Olivet. Ben, tell me if I have this right. From 1977 till 1995? 
Oh, I got it right. Okay. Uh, the sermon I read was preached on the day of dedication of pledges to fund the sanctuary that we are sitting in right now, along with the classrooms below it. The scripture was from Matthew. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. 1980 was a time where Mount Olivet was booming in growth. Plymouth was emerging as a West Metro suburb, and with every breath, a house was being built. Joy Miller told me she remembers the new member classes of at least 50 people happening all the time. The church was changing, and the physical space was not enough to hold the growth so they boldly took a step and asked people to contribute to the future of Mount Olivet. I see some smiles in the crowd because some of you remember this. Tangibly, that meant funding this new sanctuary, a needed parking lot and education space. And so as I look back at these dated, kind of dusty campaign materials, they were asking for three gifts of $5,000, and then many gifts of a dollar per week, $5 per week, 10 and $20 per week. And if you ask anyone who was around at that time, they will tell you that they had to modify plans to meet budgets and giving, but they trusted that Mount Olivet was called as a church in that moment and in the future. And as I read through the materials, Pastor Fries ended his campaign letter with these words. It is happening here. It is very old, but also new. And its future is a part of you. Now, I have a hunch that Pastor Fries had no idea that 40 years after his sermon about that door he asked people to knock on, that that door would open in another way and the church's large mortgage that seemed impossible to pay off 15 years ago would be paid off. Initiated by a family who was curious about debt payoff and offered what they had to make it happen, joining with your generosity, dear Mount Olivet, in unexpected COVID relief funds, a math equation that no one could see coming. Pastor Fries could not have known back in the 1980s that a family whose church would close would be called to the mission and vision here in Plymouth. Not ready quite yet to give up on community and what God was doing in the world. And that family, along with other newer families, bringing hope and new energy in what is ahead. I hope these stories remind us that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and that there's always an emerging story being created just underneath the surface, and that individual acts of faith can pile up quickly to form something unexpected, although some days that seems hard to believe. Just moments before the crafty devil begins his sales pitch with Jesus, God spoke aloud at Jesus' baptism, 
You are my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. On that day when Jesus was baptized, clarity came. Jesus is the one. God is here. Now, we would expect the world to be different, for everything to be easier and more clear now that God has arrived. But in the next breath, Jesus is out in the wilderness, a familiar place in the Bible, and there the devil finds him. Satan is so good at finagling deals, pointing to immediate gratification and quoting scripture so eloquently, making it all seem so easy. If you are the son of God, Jesus, you don't need to be hungry. Command these stones into warm, crusty bread. Dip them in extra virgin olive oil and be fed. Next, Satan goes to the top of the temple, the place where God promises to be. If you are the Son of God, take a jump and ask God to save you. Put it on the line to prove that God is for real. Test God, O oh Jesus and make sure everyone sees it. And finally, to close the deal, Satan shows Jesus the whole world, the view from Google Maps. Take a look at what God created. Look at what you see, what is here and now. It all can be yours. Just worship me. I really don't understand how Jesus withstands all of it. It's so much easier to go with the easy answer, to take matters into our own hands and to be rushed into a decision instead of waiting and discernment, to think that there is more than what you see ahead of you. I know I am incapable of functioning well or making a sound decision when I am hungry and I have never fasted for 40 days. Now, I always wonder why this story is included on this first Sunday of Lent. There's a little detail in Matthew's gospel. Once the devil departs from Jesus, Matthew tells us that angels came and waited on Jesus. That word waited means to serve, to tend to what is needed for life, to care for someone. Now, I can imagine those angels brought food in a warm washcloth, but I also wonder if they spoke, if they encouraged and listened and reminded Jesus what was said aloud to him 40 days prior. God said, you are my beloved. No ifs just is. Those angels probably reminded Jesus that God is up to, up to something far greater than what he could see in that moment. And so Jesus' ministry begins person by person, village by village, day by day, proclaiming and pointing to the kingdom of God that is here and also the kingdom that is to come and that each of us are that same beloved. We don't have to prove it. We just have to believe it. You see, Satan thinks what you see is what you get, but grace is still not in limited supply. 
and it finds its way underneath and within and among, creating beyond what we can see even now. We're in the wilderness, Mount Olivet. The church has changed, and it needs to change. It's tempting to go with easy answers to believe that where we are is all that's possible. We do have to discern a way ahead, and we can't be rushed. And we can't be lured by what other people tell us we should be or do. We have to go back to the font, to the waters of the Jordan, to hear again in baptism that we are beloved. And then our call is not to make belovedness conditional, to start every sentence with if, but to freely proclaim the belovedness of all people to each person we encounter, to serve like those angels, to give what we have been gifted, to tend to what is needed for life, for each other, and for those who even today are so depleted, and to trust that each act of faith holds possibilities and a way ahead. Since the weather prediction kept us from Ash Wednesday, as Pastor Kristen said, we will receive the ashes today. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Dust and dirt form from something that used to be, now with a new purpose, to grow things. Just imagine what God can do with beloved dust. The last verse of the hymn that we will sing momentarily says this, When we have struggled and searched through the night, sorting or shifting the wrong from the right, Savior, surround us with circles of care, angels of healing, hope, and prayer. May we come back to the font, Mount Olivet, and the table to be tended to, surrounded by Christ's care. And may we embody the care in the now that will become our future. Amen.